What a tragic waste. She had all my favorite sunglasses. Not so fast, little man. The bitch is back. <laughs> this is Movie Geek and Proud. So, Sean, tell everyone where that quote was from. It's from Casper Rob, which I knew they said the B word once in that movie, but twice? I know. I love Casper, and I cannot wait to review that on this show. It's going to be so good. Welcome back, MGs. This is another episode of Movie Geek and Proud. And this is a very special episode we have. Uh, anybody who's been following this show knows my love for Disney's Hocus Pocus. It is my second favorite movie of all time and my favorite Halloween movie of all time. And when word got out that I wanted to do this movie for Halloween for its 25th anniversary, I had a lot of people wanting to join in on this conversation and it was so much that I decided to make this review a two-night event. You are getting two episodes of the same movie. While that might sound a little bit overdoing it, I don't care. This is my show, and we are doing two nights because I wanted to involve everyone who wanted to be in it. So today we have two of those um, few special guests. I'm here with James. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> of course. And we also have a newcomer to Movie Geek and Proud. He is not new to podcasting, though, but he's new to our show. I'm here with Nate as well. Hey, Rob. It's nice <laughs> to see you again. There's that monotone I miss. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, so, and also, my stalker, the one who just is... Still around, won't go away. Um, Rob, my lawyer said that you have to say allegedly you're stalker because nothing's been proven that I am in fact stalking you. <laughs> Alleged stalker, Sean. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back and not calling me a special guest. <laughs> you're welcome. So uh, we are basically going to recap the first half of Hocus Pocus for you, while tomorrow you will hear the second half of the film. Before we get into that, though, uh, we have our regular segments, but every new guest that comes on has to tell us what their favorite movie is. Nate, what is your favorite movie? This is such a hard question to answer, but I will just go with my usual The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice, nice, nice. Why is this your favorite of all time? I think, well, it's funny, it came out the same year as Hocus Pocus, mm -hmm. but I just really loved it. I don't know, the whole idea of having a Halloween movie, um, it's probably similar to why you know Tim Burton wanted to create something like that. He liked all the Christmas movies growing up, the claymation movies, and then he made a Halloween movie. And I know lots of people want to do all that bullshit about, is it a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Get over yourselves. I mean, just watch it when you fucking want. But 
I love the movie. I love Jack Skellington. And the older I get, I think the more I relate to him as an adult trying to like find yourself and and rediscover things that you do love and, you know, making a lot of bad choices along the way. <laughs> but as long as you have a good Sally in your corner, you know, you you might make it out alive. So, yeah, I just really love the movie. I love everything about it. If you ever want to get me a gift and you don't know what to get me, just get me some Nightmare Before Christmas memorabilia because I'm just that fucking simple. That is really good to know. Thank you for that. Yeah. (laughs) You know what this means, Rob? That's our second Nightmare Before Christmas. I was going to ask you, Sean. Didn't we hear this answer before? Who said it? Jesse. Jesse. Okay. I thought somebody else said it too. That's, well, hey. I don't like being sloppy seconds, but in this case, I'll take it. Somebody called you sloppy, buddy. I'll own it. And I also have to announce that um, part of all the horror, uh, Sean and I did an episode on witches. And we also did a, a witch draft on there. And Sean won the witch draft. Congratulations. Do you remember your team? Tell, tell everybody your team again. I'd love to, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I first had Winifred Sanderson, which you for some reason let me go first. It's okay. The the rule was is that whoever goes first, we do a snake formation, which means any like whoever went second got two picks. So I decided to sacrifice Winnie just so I can get the next two choices. And I thought that my next two choices would compensate. I guess I'm confused because I thought I was going through my list right now. <laughs> you're the one brought. You're the one that brought up. Oh, okay. oh, oh Rob, let me have it. So I had to say something. And then I had Elvira, who is a witch. And then I picked the Wicked Witch of the West. And then, uh, how come I can't think of her name right now? Harry Potter witch. Um, um, Bellatrix Lestrange, and my final witch was Scarlet Witch, which I actually stole from you because you brought her up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I know. Yeah, this is how he wins. So, <laughs> congratulations, and you will be picking our next draft next time we do one. So, now we are going to do our question of the week. Too many questions. Too many questions. All right, question number 28. You are a witch, and you get one specific superpower. What would it be? James, what did you choose for your superpower? Well, obviously my first instinct was flying on a broomstick. But um, to be honest, I really would love to bring inanimate objects to life, a la Angela Lansbury and Ben Knobs and Broomsticks. (laughs) Okay. Nice. That's actually a really cool, um, I wonder if there's an actual name for that. Isn't it, is it Transfiguration? That might yes, be Yes, I think it is That might be a good, good one, good one. Yes, no, that Transfiguration is, <laughs> is my skill. Okay, and Sean, what about you? Much like the great Paige oh, no. from Charmed. You're so stupid. I would want to blink or teleport. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's, teleport is is good. So he's going through Charmed right now, right? For the first time. He's not supposed to know who Paige <laughs> is, but he keeps snooping around 
finding out more and more about her and yeah something on twitter was said and she he, she was like what she can do what <laughs> thank you aliani yeah <laughs> nate what did you pick for your specific power I would like the ability to reach into the past and converse with my ancestors so they can give me advice and, you know, any sort of like superpowers they might have. I can access those. That's my power. My goodness. That's deep. It is very deep. Thank you. Now, what (laughs) now what can your ancestors do that you want from them? I don't know. I mean, so my grandmother, she's very sensitive. Um like if she goes into a place that's supposed to be haunted or like if she goes to a battlefield, she can just sense things. And I think that's something that's been sort of passed down from other generations. So, you know, we're all sort of distracted by electronic devices and shit. Mm -hmm. People back in the day didn't have all that. So I think they were just more in tune with things around them. So you never know. I don't know what my great, 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 great aunt was up to. She might have some good. <laughs> no, fair enough. Uh, so I chose um, electrokinesis. I just want to... <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of controlling electricity and just the whole lightning thing, a la Winifred, a la the lightning demon from Big Trouble. I can go on. What color would it be? Oh, how dare you. Um <laughs> To Rob, it would be rainbow. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, um, I mean, my favorite color is green. It would probably be green. If not, I would like just sort of black and white, probably. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Not traditional yellow, white, or anything like that. Yeah. Either black or white, black and white or green. So, yeah. But I, I just love the idea of that. So, uh, let's read some answers that we got. All right. I'll start off. I always love Two Girls on a Bench's answers. (laughs) They're so good. So they said, wiggling our noses and getting shit done. And they included a little bewitch gif. (laughs) The reason I like it is, number one, that's such a mom answer. But number two, (laughs) Rob had to come in and say, you guys want the power of projection, manipulate reality. (laughs) And they said, I mean, if you have to be fancy, fine. But it doesn't stop there. Because I want to say that they know that Rob doesn't like Evil Dead 2. So they put a gif wait, of Army of Darkness and answer. You heard me. You heard him. Don't like you it. You don't like Evil Dead 2. We're not on that episode yet. <laughs> so we will talk about this later. I am not. Like the Kool-Aid yeah. effects. I, what? The Kool-Aid. You know, every time something dies, there's like a gush of like, not blood, but oh. it's like green, it's pink. <laughs> it's like, what is it? Somebody showed me that movie. I just wasn't impressed. If it wasn't so loved and hyped up, I would actually give it more credit, but... The fact that the world loves it, I don't get it. Don't get it. Just don't. But yeah, that's 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 my history with <laughs> Evil Dead. So Grave Girls Podcast at Grave underscore Girls said, Can I be a bad person and do something like everything is free for me in Target? <laughs> I love that one. That one's so good. Aliani uh, Silvermist at Aliani EQ said, I'd want teleportation like Samantha from Bewitched or Paige from Charmed. And next higher choice would be telekinesis. All right. And from Ryan Terry, I'll take this one because it's my X-Men. He put to be the mistress of the elements. (laughs) Oh, wait, I'm going to say it like Storm in the cartoon. Okay. To be mistress of the elements (laughs) like Storm. I can't do it anymore. 
<laughs> I think in witchcraft terms, it's referred to as elemental magic. Um, I'm going to read one more. Work Life and Balance podcast at um, uh, WL, uh, WL and Balance on Twitter. The ability to remove the calorie content of, of a food without affecting oh the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god pizza too much for your diet poof calorie free deep dish wow <laughs> i love it though these have gotten really specific wow. but um uh i there were a lot of answers for this one thank you guys so much for answering these I, it was such a blast reading these and i was geeking out i just went on and looked up every single actual like word for the power that they were describing and i was like well you want this one then oh, and you i was just going on and on and um, we're going to read some more on tomorrow's episode as well. So just keep answering them and we'll read some more uh, later on. All right. So what I thought would be fun is we're going to recap the film. I've never done this before on this show, so this would be interesting. But we're not reading from an actual script or wiki. This is all based on memory. And then we're just going to comment and talk about whatever it is we want as the um, recap goes on. And then we'll just get to a half point. And go from there. So you said you've never done this on this show, but how many times have you done this in your own mirror? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So like I've watched this. Well, I mean, here here's the thing. I, I I would like to know like everyone's first experience with it. Like, how did you find out about the movie? Stuff like that. And for me, I remember going to the theater to watch Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> and this movie was one of the trailers, and I went fucking crazy. I don't know why. I, I'm trying to think if there was any previous witch movies, or maybe I just knew who Bette Midler was. I don't know. It's just I watched this trailer, and I was hypnotized. And I could not wait for this movie to come out. And I saw it first day on July 16th, and it was just amazing. So that was my first experience. Um, Nate, what about you? I kind of have a similar feeling. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer, and I guess my little pre-gay heart just loved it. I don't know, these bad bitches in these dresses flying around and doing crazy stuff. I don't know. It spoke to me before I really knew. And I also saw it July 16th at the drive-in. <laughs> nice. It Do you remember what amazing. movie was paired? Oh, no. No? Okay. Who cares? <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I remember thinking, this movie's amazing. Amazing, and then I got older. And I was like, people didn't like that. What's wrong with them? So weird. It was so good. What about you, James? Um, my first experience of it was probably on the Disney Channel. Um, I remember that I was already a fan of Bette Midler because I was a little proto gay, <laughs> <laughs> and I just there's just something about seeing. A famous actress looking like a crazy witch. That is just everything I ever want. Sean, <laughs> what about you? So I remember clearly this came out about the same time as another movie. And I went with my mom and my cousins to go to the theater. And we were all like, let's go see Hocus Pocus. And my one cousin was like, but I really want to see Jurassic Park. 
So I went with him and saw Jurassic Park instead. I didn't uh, see this until it came out on VHS. Oh, <laughs> that was your only shot to go see this? Yeah, well, I've seen it in theaters since then. Well, yeah, no, but I mean back then, that was your only chance to see it in theaters. You had to wait for VHS? Yeah, because I didn't know what it was at first. Oh, okay. And then, of course, my mom and sister were like, oh my god, you missed out. So good, <laughs> so good. Okay, well, um, just a few facts about the movie. Uh, Hocus Pocus, 1993. Uh, PG, it is directed by Kenny Ortega. Writers include David Kirshner and Mick Garris. Uh, starring Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy, Omri Katz, Thor Birch, Vanessa Shaw. And it's budgeted at an estimated of $28 million and unfortunately grossed only $39 million. So it may have made his budget, but it definitely didn't make a profit. And the movie, unfortunately, was considered a flop. Uh, and Sean, what were some of the ratings that is still currently going on right now? So here's a few sources for you. So Rotten Tomatoes, 30%. Travesty. Travesty. IMDb, 6.7 out of 10. That's the man again. <laughs> Oh no, your theory again. <laughs> Any female-centric movie mm. gets a low rating on mm. IMDb. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, yeah. that's probably right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. All right, and I've got one more for you. Just average Google users, what percentage do you think? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was a thing. It um, is now. I just made it a thing. A Google <laughs> user. Um, I would say like maybe 47. You're close if you round up. 94%. <laughs> Or if you flip the numbers, <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. Okay, well, so obviously there you have it. I mean, critics aside, this movie has grown into its own. Everybody loves it, maybe for their own reasons, but there you have it. I mean, this movie gravitates to people, but you hear all of these critics, all of these you know, receptions from it, and nobody thinks it's a good story. They don't think there's any character development, no chemistry. Why do we like it? Well, it's interesting because it's kind of what James said, too. He first saw it on the Disney Channel. I think Disney, in trying to hide it, made its own monster because mm -hmm. it was cheap. They showed it at Halloween all the time. We all grew up on it. Tonight's a very special night for a four-year-old girl, Rob. Oh, why? What? Well, I know how you feel about her, but Wendy... Ugh. Is showing this movie to her daughter for the first time tonight. You're kidding. So we may be able to see how a four-year-old takes to it this day. Oh, I love it. We'll have to definitely get her reaction by our next recording. Right before our review, let's listen to a promo from uh, Gayish Podcast. Hey, you, podcast listener. Yeah. Hey, listen up. Hey, shut up. <laughs> I know you're looking for new things to binge. And purge. <laughs> <laughs> Gayish is about gay stereotypes. We've talked about depression, drag queens, uh, butt stuff, fisting, animals. Uh, fisting and animals are two different episodes, <laughs> just to clarify. You can find us on iTunes or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Tell your mom. She's probably gay. <laughs> Feature presentation. <laughs> okay, so we start off with one of the sisters flying above this forest in um, 1693. Salem, Massachusetts, um, the credits are rolling and uh, we get the name, Hocus Pocus comes up 
And then uh, she passes the window of Thackeray Binks, who... Thackeray. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Here I go. Okay. I got I to do this without quoting it. Because I'm just going to quote this whole thing. But he wakes up and notices that Emily is not in the same room, I guess, or just around. Emily, who's his little sister. His little sister, that's right. And then all of a sudden it cuts to the siren song of Sarah Sanderson, who is played by Sarah Jessica Parker, singing the song to hypnotize and string along little Emily into the woods, which was creepy. Yes. I mean, just them disappearing into that, you have no idea what's going on, but the brother runs after her and leading to the witch's cottage where they are preparing to steal her life force. Binks approaches the house and um, looks into... Well, no, he doesn't look into the window yet. He he approaches the house and he's... Oh, yes, he does pr- look in the window and he sees Emily sitting there. It's going to be a long episode. I know, I know. <laughs> no, he sees Emily sitting there and the witches are surrounding her and kind of like, you know, just kind of prancing around her or whatever. But they do hear him. So he goes to hide and then they all come out. And then our first lovable line that we get when he pops out of the window. Oh, look, another glorious morning makes Makes me me sick. sick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what do we think of the look of the sisters at this point? They're supposedly supposed to be ugly and old. And yeah, what do we think of their look? Good job. I loved it. I kind of like wanted them to be like old and decrepit for like a little bit longer or like just see a little bit more of that. Um, especially Sarah Jessica Parker's like old witch voice, which was amazing. Like <laughs> even the way they sounded. They look like the printer was low on ink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hair was not. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I expected a lot more grotesque or maybe even the traditional witch with warts and stuff like that. And then we would get to see sort of them under like this huge prosthetic or anything. But hey, no, no, no. I guess they didn't want to make it too scary. Yeah, probably. They still had to be like, hey, here's that castle at the beginning of the movie. Let you know. (laughs) This is Disney. (laughs) But um, we get first look at the dynamic of the sisters. Clearly, Winnie is sort of the oldest, if not leader of the bunch. Uh, she's hell-bent on sucking the life out of children and staying young, while the other two sisters are very playful. However, Mary is a little bit of a suck-up to her older sister, while Sarah is just literally in her own world, just enjoying the ride. I feel like Sarah is almost like the Harley Quinn, because she's crazy, <laughs> but she remembers shit. You yeah. know, if they just listened to her, she yeah. would have taken over the world. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but they are getting ready to um, do the potion. They put in the dead man's toes. And dead man's toes. <laughs> Sarah is just singing along. But of course, Winnie is just like, I'm trying to concentrate. And she, Mary's like, she's trying she to concentrate. To <laughs> God, these lines. So, um, But Mary notices mm-hmm. that there's a smell in the air. She smells a child, but then because Emily is sitting there, what other child could there be? So they put in the last ingredient. They bite their own tongue. Ugh. Ew. 
God. and spit it into the po- oh my god and then the sound effects yeah so gross so then the potion um comes to life and Thackeray is just sitting there watching just not running down his nose <laughs> and he's just sweating and sweating and sweating <laughs> and he's just watching this happen and um when he pulls a pulls a Nancy from the craft and was like Tis her life force. The potion works, and you know her life will be mine. And then she corrects herself and says, "Ours." So she needs her sisters, but she really would rather have everything to herself. Do you guys think that Winnie actually loves her sisters? No, that they're useful when mm-hmm. they, she needs them to be. I just had this thought: if they were actually like on the same level of Winifred. As far as like brain capacity, <laughs> they they would have been a force to be reckoned with. They actually would have been very scary, and they would have killed people because Sarah would have been out there like, "Hey kids, come on over." You know, she would have lured them in and not played around so much. And Winifred probably would have paid attention to Mary when she's like, "I smell some kids." Yeah, you know, like she's like, "Hmm, maybe you do," and it's not just the one over there in the chair, you know. So they're actually all very powerful, but they're just, you know, they're essentially like children. Yeah. And that's why she don't like them. (laughs) And definitely like subservient to Mm. Winifred. And that's why, like, I do think she loves her sisters in that kind of twisted way that like older siblings Mm. will like hold back and like shit on and make sure they're the leader i'm not talking from personal experience or anything (laughs) (laughs) they're younger siblings or you know she's the leader i don't know if she's literally older so i think she loves them but she's more concerned about power and her power over them they're about to take her life force and thackeray finally jumps out and says no and finally yeah 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 so i don't know what he was waiting for but if he was going to make himself known, why didn't he stop them any time before? He just waited until literally the last minute when they were done making the stuff. Which we also see in the 90s, in the present, with the older brother, the teenage brother, and his like little sister, and her being the like brave one, and him just like sitting back and hiding until the last possible second. Yeah, weird, weird. But, um, so, Thackeray ends up... Um, pouring the potion all over the ground i think right yeah yeah he knocks it over he knocks it over and then um he goes after emily but then we get to see winnie's gift which is shooting lightning out of her hands and she shocks thackeray and he falls to the ground leaving him helpless to help his sister and that is when the sisters then take emily's life force and they become young and beautiful again well, younger. Younger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, that moment was just like such a great um, when she's zapping uh, the kid, just seeing how much fun she's having. Like, they're such sadists. Like, they just get <laughs> such joy out of torturing these kids. Yeah. It's just so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Hang them mm-hmm. on a hook and let me play with them. <laughs> and in 2008, I think I read, Bette Midler went on record saying this was her favorite role she's ever yeah. had. Oh yeah. I love that. I mean, and she's done some great work. So I, I love the fact that this was something that she 
really love doing. But then we get to Thackeray. He has to be dealt with. You know, we got to close loose ends, no witnesses. <laughs> so they decide to cast a spell on him. Well, uh, so they cast a spell on uh, Thackeray, turning him into a cat to live forever with his guilt. All of a sudden, there's a lynch mob, and they knock on the door, break it down, and <laughs> um, while they try and hide the fact that they have a dead girl sitting in their living room, Sarah just blurts out that they're sucking, sucking the lives out of children. <laughs> <laughs> so then they are uh, hanged, or they're being prepared to be hung. Deleted scene. Deleted scene. Okay, what do we got? All right, so this is where Mary says, oh, I think I forgot to turn off the cauldron. Oh, this is when her the noose was around her neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, um, yeah, very short and sweet, but they took that out. And then um, Winnie decides to um, cast a curse, saying that, um, you know, on Halloween night, the moon is round, a virgin will summon us from under the ground. And then they don't. Oh, oh. <laughs> I know. I'm trying not to quote because we're just going to, I could have quoted that whole entire spell, but I'm, we're just going to move on. Um, but then, so they're hanged. Everybody just walks away, but um, everybody's wondering where Thackeray is. And Thackeray. 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 And then the cat tries to get his father's attention, but, you know, he sees cats as beasts and monsters and like something not to be messing around with. So then you find out that it's actually a story being told by a teacher who is holding school on a Sunday to her Shut class. Up. <laughs> Get over it. Shut up. No, based on the timeline. There wasn't no full moon either. Halloween, October 31st, was actually in 1993, was on a Sunday, so they shouldn't have been in school. You have but to suspend disbelief yes Rob. yes it fits with her character from blues brothers <laughs> it sure does no it does it totally does oh i just remember her from what was that movie called where um randy not randy dennis quaid is shrunk and put into oh yeah inner space yeah yeah i just remember her with her her lighter <laughs> no that was good um so a little casting news as we all know um but in case somebody doesn't um mary sanderson played by Kathy and Jimmy, was almost going to be Rosie O'Donnell. What do you guys think of this? Would Do you think she would have done a good job? Maybe not better, but do you think Rosie would have pulled it off if she had taken the role? I think it would have been different. Mm-hmm. I think she would have had more of an edge. I think Kathy and Jimmy is so perfect because she's so lovable. Mm-hmm. And so like with her like sniffing around and stuff, like she's like she's like that puppy. Like, it's really great. And Rosie is incredibly talented. I think she would have been great. But I think their dynamic just would not have been the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sean. Yeah, because Rosie, I see her as playing more um, of the head woman. Whereas Kathy is very much subservient to Winifred. So, yeah, we'd probably be okay with it. It would be a different movie. But I really do like the quirks that Kathy brought to the role. That n- not a lot act- not a lot other- <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> not a lot of other actresses, I think, would have added a lot of those little quirks that she did. No, fair enough. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I mean, there's only there are examples of other movies where it's like, oh, I wish that actor had been in it. I wouldn't. I wonder what they would have done. But this movie, it's like, no, I'm so glad she 
turned down the role. She had her reasons, but Kathleen and Jimmy is perfect. Okay, so I'm going to take over for Rob now because he's so tired. (laughs) So we're in the classroom with the teacher. She's going over the whole history, and we have uh, the first look at our main hero, Max Dennison, who he rolls his eyes, and the teacher calls him out for not believing in this Halloween nonsense, basically. And he makes a big show about giving Allison his number because he has a crush on Allison. And he's Mr. Laidback Tie-Dye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I just learned this on the DVD, actually, or the Blu-ray, that the note that he gives Allison is different when she gives it back to him. Yeah. So yeah. how was it different, Rob? Was it just the handwriting? I think, I think it was folded differently. The way oh. that the note was given to him and she unveils the number and the way that he died, I think it was a different note that oh. was written. See, I thought, well, because he didn't, it wasn't folded when he handed it to her. So no, I, I thought not it was really. like written differently. Yeah. Or oh, like the it, phone the, number was different. Or that could have been too. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we have Allison, who's played by Vanessa Shaw, and she's all like, yeah, I know Halloween, so I'm cool, and this is Salem, and this is what popular kids do. I don't know. She just thought she was the tits. (laughs) No, yabos. (laughs) Yabos, my bad. Yabos. She just thought she was the yabos for just knowing all that. She gets, you know, applause and whatnot, but then... Oh, yeah, and Max Dennison is played by Omri Katz. Sorry. Omri. So, I almost feel like when... Max and Allison first clash outside the school and she gives his number back. I almost feel like she waited to get his opinion on Halloween before she decided to give it back. Of course. Okay. Yeah. No, I I see that. And um, our Max was almost played by Leo DiCaprio. What do we think about that? Would he have excelled in this? Or was it good that he decided to do Gilbert Grape? (laughs) I mean, we all know that all the little 12-year-olds would have liked (laughs) drenched their panties just loving him i'm not a huge fan of leo he's a fine actor but you know i'm glad he didn't do it that's just my opinion okay well a lot of people didn't really enjoy omri katz if anybody were to ask like who their least favorite character is it would be him and i don't know if it was the actor or just his character but there was just nothing likable about him so i think it's just the character like i personally would think Leo would be great, because I don't think he's ever given a bad performance. Mm-hmm. But um, that character is just really boring, especially when, you're char- when your sister is eight-year-old Thora Birch, who is the only one who could <laughs> almost steal the movie from Bat Midler. Yeah. So he's just bland. Like, I don't think it's the kid's fault. He's fine. Yeah. I tend to be pretty harsh with, like, teenage actors. Um, I find most of them annoying. And like, you didn't bother me. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually feel like Leo would have played the role very similar just because there wasn't a lot about the role that stood out besides mm-hmm. just being the one who causes everything. Yeah. 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 All right. So Max is on his way home from school when we get one of our famous scenes that is quoted all the time where he's going through the graveyard and he's stopped by two bullies in the graveyard. And they're basically like, hey man, got any smokes? And he's like, I don't smoke. <laughs> he's like, very health conscious in California. <laughs> <laughs> and they introduce themselves as Jay and Ernie. How many times do I have to tell you? It's ice. <laughs> ice. Yes. 
this is ice. (laughs) (laughs) So a little thing about ice. He is played by Larry Bagby, who had a recurring role on Buffy. I did not know that. Yeah. Do you remember any specific episodes that he he may have been in? mm -hmm. Mostly in season one, I believe. Yes, I do remember that. A bully that picked on Xander, but then we found out he was picking on Xander because he thought Xander was gay and he had a crush on Xander. That was him. Boom. Wow. Okay. Ask me anything charmed. (laughs) (laughs) Hater. I think he got killed by the principal, or not the principal, the mayor, when they graduated. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. I, I remember him now. All right. So then what happens next? All right, so then basically they're like, you don't have any smokes, you don't have any money, what are we supposed to do with their afternoon? And they're like, hey, check out the cross trainers. So Max rides his bike home with no shoes on. And we get home, and he has a uh, Jennifer Conley moment (laughs) where he whines about how horrible life is, much like Sarah in Labyrinth. (laughs) Can't do anything right, can I? And then we have the weird scene where he goes up to his room and he's about to like take it out and start jerking to Allison. (laughs) He's gonna fuck that pillow. (laughs) His mom is gonna be really mad at the stiff sheets later. Right. I mean, we weren't gonna say that, but yes, basically he was about to (laughs) I mean it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) But um we have what what, who was in the, yeah Danny was in the closet Thora Birch yeah Danny she's in the closet and she jumps out and appears as Max is like Allison Allison oh fuck me I'm Allison <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um yeah he gets interrupted and <laughs> um yeah it's 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 easy watching it to get past that awkward moment but yeah, she is telling him that you're going to take me trick-or-treating. and She's also dressed as a witch. <laughs> yes, that's right. Dressed as a witch. And she's like, you're taking me. Um, the parents are going to a dance and we're going to go. Yeah, and then um, he's like, no, I'm not taking you. I'm a big whiny teenager. And then she does that scream, that mom scream. And one of the things that we found out that they took out was... Max's dad actually pulls him outside and gives him a talk about how he's taking um, Danny trick-or-treating, and if he doesn't like that, he can kiss his driver's license behind. And I'm kind of glad they took that out, actually. Really? Why? Because I feel like we talked about how Max is already a character people don't like. Mm -hmm. I think that just makes him even more unlikable, that he's that whiny that his dad has to threaten him. Okay. And also... The less the parents are in it, the better. Mm. Fair enough. And that's nothing against them as characters. But it's not about them. But it's not about them. I think seeing them later at the party is like perfect and enough. Yeah. We don't need that. There's a reason that was cut. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we get um, Max, who is dressed in a jacket, jeans, t-shirt, and a hat. And we get the first of many interpretations of who he's supposed to be. He says he's a rap singer. (laughs) (laughs) so that's one Mm -hmm. then we move on then we move on so we see max and danny trick-or-treating and they see that jay and ice are out front of a house stealing candy from kids with a group of people now when i watch this as an adult i want your guys' opinion if you saw people like this in high school 
would you think they're cool? Like, they're stealing candy from kids and mimicking things. In suburbia, yes. But I'm a city boy, and they would get demolished in the city. Like, there's Mm -hmm. nothing cool about these people. There's also barely anything to do, I'm sure. So this is what cool kids look like, in my opinion. At least in the Disney world. I I don't know. Like, because they're there, like scaring these like little kids and it's not like we ever have any instance of anyone else in the movie any like high school student ever being like oh those kids are cool or like any like it's just these two losers yeah i don't know i went more with like as an adult who the fuck are these bitches in my front yard <laughs> right i that's went out there and be like you need to get the fuck off my stairs and stop bothering these kids that's what i wanted to know the the owner of the home said nothing <laughs> just yeah. like oh this is none of my business. They got their candy. Close the door. I just imagine Nate coming out with his hair like blowing wildly <laughs> in the wind with a shotgun. <laughs> For all we know, that was probably their house. Oh, you're right. Mm, no. I know, no, a stretch, a no, stretch, it but wasn't. yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially when, okay, I don't even care about the kids, but you threw my fucking jack-o'-lantern in the I street. Know. Yeah. You're yeah. dead. Yeah. Yep. So Max and Danny, well, Danny... Danny goes to go out the front past the people because she ain't afraid. Because she's a bitch. And Max. Ding, ding. Yep. Ding, ding. (laughs) Stop and pay the toll, kid. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) So she stands up to them because she's brave and she knows they're not going to, you know, punch a little eight-year-old. And she's like, I don't care anyway. I have my big brother with me. You know, just before that, she just has a couple of my favorite lines. Okay. Where she says, drop dead moron. And stuff it zit face. <laughs> and it's like she has all of these great burns. And then she hands it off to her brother who just fucks everything up. Mm-hmm. And here's some more interpretations of his costume because Ice comes over and says, what are you supposed to be? A new kid on the block? <laughs> or was it Jay? Jay it said that. Jay. Yeah, yeah, Jay said that. And then we have a new interpretation because oh Danny comes to his rescue and says, he's a little leaguer. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> from her entrance into this movie, the woman has been able to clap back at anything thrown at her. And little leaguer is the best thing she could yeah. do. Uh, <laughs> she, she she even knew though the way she looked. She was like, mm, no, nope. I was, shouldn't have said like really. <laughs> that that's really gonna make him a lot tougher to these bullies. Thank you, mm-hmm. Danny. <laughs> so it turns out too, there was a scene cut where he comes up with a different costume for every every house that they go to. Yes. So some of the ones he said was Jack Nicholson's long lost zombie son. <laughs> Very uh, creative. Alrighty. Ray Charles and Christian Slater. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah, I like that one. So after this, um, okay, so this line kills me. <laughs> you know, they're walking away. He saves his little sister from being pummeled by this giant uh, man-child and gives him the candy that he was getting for himself. He didn't want to go trick-or-treating, but he sure did have a big bag of candy. So they're walking off, and um, what does she say to him? She's like, at least you would have died like a man. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, hey, you just embarrassed me in front of like half the guys at school. And I was like, that was half the guys at school? <laughs> that was it? Oof, the pool of friends to pull from is sad. Yeah. So, you know, he hurts her, friend, her little feelings and says, you know, get your candy and fuck off. 
So she runs and she lands on some hay and he apologizes. And they have this little moment where they look at the full moon and they remind the audience, there's a full moon. Yes. And then they find themselves in front of this giant ass, supposed to be like a mansion, I guess. Yeah. I'm not that impressed as an adult. I'm like, I don't want that house. Looks like. But as a kid, I was like, this is a nice house. So they're like, rich people probably make us drink cider and bob for apples. (laughs) So they agree to go inside. And they see candy. Again, Max is super excited about this candy that he did not want earlier today. Right. And then we see hot-ass Allison in her Victorian period. Uh, Not Victorian. It's like... Yeah. Max Dennison. And her yabos (laughs) are like on point, you know? So we finally get to the yabo scene. So, Oh, also, I just watched this movie. And, you know, she goes and gets cider for Max. And they're drinking out these little cute pumpkin cups. There is nothing in those goddamn cups. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate it when they do that. It's like, I understand you can't have a full thing because you got to do multiple takes. But nothing? Nothing? You? There's nothing. So um, she gives candy to Danny. And she's like, I like your costume, Danny. She says, oh, I really like your costume, too. Except I can never wear anything like that because I don't have, what do you call them, Max? Yabos, and he almost just chokes on his imaginary cider. And it's like yabos. <laughs> I mean, he was gonna like jerk off to them earlier. <laughs> so then Allison reveals that her mother used to operate the museum for the Sanderson sisters, but they closed it down because a lot of spooky things happen there. She's so dramatic. Mm-hmm. And then Max is like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for me to seduce this girl and make her think I'm cool. Let's go to this museum. And Danny does not want to go. But Allison goes and does a quick change out of this ridiculous, intricate costume. And Max has to agree to go trick-or-treating the following year with his sister as Wendy and Peter Pan. Again, this whole like incestual thing that young Danny is pushing on her brother. It's like really <laughs> awkward at this point, but he agrees with tights or it's no deal. So they go up to the Sandra sister museum, which was their old house. I can't believe that the townsfolk didn't demolish this house, but anyway, and uh, they break and enter Matt, find Matt, Matt Max yeah. finds a lighter and he's obsessed with it through the rest of the movie. And, you know, they get it on a pop and she gives them a tour. Allison shows them the house and um, uh, she talks about the book being made from. Oh, no, that's the candle being made from the fat of a hangman. But she shows them the book and, uh, you know, this is Max's big moment. So he decides to uh, light the candle. And this is when we see our second sighting of Thackeray, Thackeray, as a cat. Um, he attacks Max, because he's like, I'm not having this shit. Yeah, this just is like before the one, he lights the candle, yeah. The one night where no one's supposed to be lighting this damn candle, and here you are. And uh, Allison and Danny are ready to go. The cat was scary. But Max, he hasn't had enough, so he says, Oh, come on. It's just a bunch of Hocus Pocus. Uh, uh, The title. Said the title. He lights it, and sure enough, that that flame is black. (laughs) And, um, yeah. Shit hits the fan. Shit hits the fan. So, um, I read something that 
Max offers Allison to light the candle, but she refuses. Right, yeah. And the reason for that is because <gasps> she ain't no virgin. <gasps> Do you guys agree with this theory? Mm, no. I don't, but but she ca- I don't yeah know. she casually says no and she's smiling she's like no thanks and well no because I don't think she would have wanted the witches to come back to life I think she is kind of a believer okay you know but yeah yeah I just thought she was kind of just over it like yeah. she was super into it so she's just like hey go ahead yeah. I, I mean, there's no other proof in the movie to say that she isn't a virgin, but I like, mean... where does this theory come from? This I just, sounds just like some on, sort of misogynistic slut-shaming... Just read online. You know what? Loose women kind I, of I, business. I, would, I don't even think it's a bad thing if she was, but it was just the decline of, of the lighting of the candle just kind of hinted that she may... Oh, it's not. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. She's not a virgin. Yeah. But, I'll give um, you this, Rob. So in the book mm-hmm. that was... Had a lot more stuff in the book that was yeah. not in the movie. He lights the candle. All that bullshit happens. Floorboards creaking. And they, he says, what happened? Danny says, a virgin lit the candle. And Allison in the book laughs. She laughs at him being a virgin. Oh. So, she does have a smile in the movie when she says no. Yeah, she like, does. She has a little smile. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is when Thor Birch officially becomes my favorite character <laughs> when she says, a virgin lit the candle. And, um, and I'm pretty sure then the sisters show up. Like, yeah. That's, that's the thing. And that's where Mary's, I smell children and sick him. Which I love, and she's like sick of them. And she's sniffing around for the kid, like literally sniffing around for the kids, which is great. And then they they find Thora Birch, and what I love about her in this moment is she's like so quick that she starts talking to them like old timey. <laughs> she's like kind of getting away with it, but they're still backing her like into a corner because they're witches. She's an eight year old, <laughs> and um, she she's like holding her own with them. And much like in the 1600s, some things never change. Her brother's just like hiding and not until like the last minute as they're like taking her life force or trying to. Well, they want to cook her. They want to cook her. Yeah, they want to eat her. They want to eat her. Yes, they (laughs) want to eat her. And um, at the last possible minute, he... He comes out and he tries to get them to stop. And she freaking loves just like zapping the shit out of him with her lightning fingers. And um, and then Allison beats one of them over the head. Mary. With the bro- Mary. Mary, yeah. Mary over the head with the broom. And it's this whole scene. And um, Max is like, oh, the burning ring of death. And he like sets off the sprinklers and um, at first, they're all like, the three of the witches are just like, oh my god. They're like convinced that like, this is the end. And I'm just like, as a small child being like, oh my god, they're related to the Wicked Witch of the West. Water's going to make them melt. But then they have their whole moment where <laughs> they're like, shut up. It is but water. Most refreshing. <laughs> Most refreshing. And then I love Sarah just catching the drops of water in her mouth. Just, like, having such a great time. (laughs) So two things before we go on about this scene that we learned is Mary walks in and she says, See, I knew I left it on. 
And, oh yeah, uh, and she that was did. such a oh my god, mind blown. Yeah, it she, is kind of a mind blown, but uh, it's funny how they decided to take out a scene that had to do with another and didn't you know remove both, which is fine. I mean, I didn't walk out confused and like, why did she say that? But they, they might as well just left the other line in. Cute little mm-hmm. callback. Yeah, and the other thing that they probably should have left in, in my opinion, was. Um, apparently Allison takes the group over to a picture of the witch, a painting of the witches, Mm -hmm. and tells them their history, including that their father had traits of a bloodhound, which is why Mary is so dog-like in the movie. Her original character was going to actually have a dog nose to sniff children, and that's where her power comes from, and that's why she barks and growls and does all the weird shit she does. That's so crazy. You wonder if, like, well, I mean, well... Obviously, she's not, but, you know, just like the product of, like, a familiar or something where they just turned a dog into a witch and just had her be there for that specific function and nothing else more. Which also probably explains why she's so obedient to winning. Um, because and loyal. She, yeah, and loyal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, that, that totally Ooh, makes sense. Can I give you a little fun tidbit? Yeah. So this is also in the book, when the witches come back and all the kids are there and they see, um, oh, my God. Allison, they see Allison, and they know her from a past life. And like, oh, and I don't know if it was her, if she had the same name. But like, oh, Allison, the good little white witch, wasn't she good, Mary? And Mary says, good to the last bite. So they fucking ate her in her past life. What? Okay, this doesn't go completely with my theory, but I told you there was something up with her. We yeah. learned that though. Remember, you were right. I so, was right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I had made this crazy theory that she knew what she was doing, and it it was so far-fetched, but I just thought that Allison knew exactly what was going to happen, and she casually let Max do whatever he needed to do, so she would have an opportunity to either get revenge, or she was working with the witches as part of some clan or cult. I mean, she was a good witch. Yeah. Uh I would buy that. Like, there's just something about her that's just, like, so knowing. Yeah. Like, she has that, like, knowing smile a lot of the time. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably why she didn't want to light the candle. She's like, nope, I'm a force of good. I'm here to, like, make sure things are smooth and steady. Well, and I didn't read the book you did, Nate, but I did read the Freeform book, which has the sequel attached. Mm -hmm. And I do have to say, if you listeners out there get a chance to read that, it actually peppers in moments into the first story this movie where it actually explains an extra part that happens with emily on her way to the cottage in the beginning and it explains why winnie hangs on the gate for a minute at the cemetery before joining the other sisters oh you mean sarah 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 did that oh wait sarah did that yeah sarah did that yeah it explains there's more to the cemetery oh okay Mm. fair fair enough so um Binks all of a sudden can talk and um, we kind of wonder exactly when was he able to talk? Was it because of the resurrection of the witches or did he just choose not to speak? Why didn't he talk to his parents back in the day when he was cast out as a beast? And why didn't he warn anyone of the witches with his voice versus trying to attack him on his neck and so you just wonder when he was able to speak. And it just seemed like he was able to do it the whole time. I just feel like slowly over 300 years, yeah. like, what else is he going to do? He's going <laughs> to learn how to speak. 
<laughs> so so you think he could like he didn't know how to do it at first but then developed it over time i mean i'm just thinking of a backstory for this dude yeah. I'm like what would i do over 300 years if i'm a cat <laughs> yeah. learn how to talk yeah it's kind of sad it took him 300 years when meowth from pokemon it only took you know a year or two <laughs> they are they find out that obviously it's been a trick the water is not the burning rain of death and so they go after them but they suddenly um lose them because they're blocked by this black river <laughs> which is in other words the road that they don't know exists because of their time frame so for some reason there is just this telekinetic or telepathic way that Winnie and, and Mary communicate and they are just both in agreement that Sarah is always going to be the first one to go <laughs> because they decide to look back at each other give each other the eye and push her to test the river I just thought that was the most plotted thing that they could ever do and it just shows this hierarchy it's so hilarious they didn't even it didn't take them but two seconds of looking at each other like, yep, she's the one who's going to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, she's the dumb one. So, of course, the other two are just going to be like, yeah. <laughs> so she gets pushed out and they find out that it's a road. And um, then they go on that little happy trail and the hag tracks and they try and find the kids. But then they come across something they don't know nothing about and they go running back to the house because they're super scared. Um, this is when they get to the cemetery, right? We go to the kids and they go to the cemetery. They learn about um, Binx's past and the story of Emily. And um, then we cut back to the sisters and they're hiding from the firemen who are turning off the alarm system. Just don't forget, Binx also points out to them, it's hollowed ground. Witches can't set foot here. That's right. And then, yeah, the other two kids find out that Binx can talk. Um, but yeah, so... The witches find out, yeah, they're just firemen, and they obviously have a mission to do. They have to get uh, these children to, or a child to, you know, suck the life force out before sunrise. Otherwise, they're going to turn to dust. Dust. So, <laughs> toast. Pudding. <laughs> Pudding. And, like, that really sets the stakes for them, because we, this is when we learn that, like, oh, shit, they're going to die at the end of the night, these mm -hmm. witches. So that just, like escalates things for them in that moment and so, also when sarah jessica parker is really excited to eat spiders yes yes she's Beautiful eating moment. spiders and um so she lays out the plan and sarah wasn't even listening she's like explain what, what what's going on i don't know what's going on did we set up that max has the spell book at this point oh right that's okay. right so that's yeah the, no it's okay it's yeah, yeah, Max has the spell book, so that is their first goal. They have to get the book first before um, making more potion, and so they decide to fly. It's time to go flying, and so we cut back to the cemetery, and they attempt to destroy the book by lighting it on fire, but it doesn't work because it's protected by magic, and the sisters come, and they're hovering over the cemetery, and they say the... Famous line again, it's a bunch of hocus pocus, which people called shenanigans on because this line was recited by Max while they were dead. So it's like, why is she saying it as she's mocking him? We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they decide to uh, resurrect a zombie from the ground because they're not allowed on hollowed ground. So they do a spell and then we meet Doug Jones, the infamous <gasps> Doug Jones, who is playing Billy Butcherson, which is a former lover of the witches. 
a little sibling rivalry there. One gets them and the other one steals them. So that's how it goes, right? Dude, I had no idea what they meant when I was little sporting with her sister Sarah. And I was like, what does that mean, sporting? <laughs> like tennis? Sporting goods? And I was like, yeah. what does that mean? I had to ask my mom all kinds of questions. She was like, mm, you know, I don't I don't know. I was like, mom, what's a virgin? Eight-year-old like, mm, Thor Birch knows what a virgin is. <laughs> I know, but eight-year-old Nathaniel did not know. <laughs> so Billy comes out of his grave popping out and it scares the kids and they go off running. Billy is so happy to see Sarah, but he is not happy to see Winnie at all. <laughs> and so she happy. immediately, you know, commands him to go after the kids. And so they're chasing each other and yada, yada, yada. And then um, what? I think Billy loses them. <laughs> Yeah, because Max pulls back the branch. And oh, that's right. That's right. Head. Yes, that's right. And so um, Cheese and Crossy's lost his head. <laughs> and so um, he commands. She commands him to go into the sewers to chase him while they figure out what to do next. And then they cut to in front of the cemetery, and Sarah is hanging on the gate, whatever, while they're trying to figure out what to do next. And then they're like, we should start collecting children. And then Mary's like, um, this is going to be a stressful evening. I suggest we form a calming circle. I am calm. <laughs> I am calm. <laughs> I love that part so oh, much. Good. But they perform a, a, a calming circle. And then a bus arrives right in front of them. And the most adult and awkward right. scene of this entire movie takes place. Now, given that this is Disney, I want you guys to tell me, what do you think the significance of this entire scene is? Is it for the grown-ups? Is it something for them to laugh at? Why did we get this scene? I mean, I know that a big part of it was, ooh, the witches, it's been 300 years, they don't know technology. Right Let's down see. the day. Yeah, right down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I get it. It's fun to just see them kind of interact with stuff that they don't know. But this bus driver was... So pervy. He's so inappropriate. Sarah Jessica Parker was into him. Oh, she was yeah. into every man she came across. Like, you she saw was. she almost fell off that broom when she saw Billy. And he she was, was like, like long time dead. <laughs> she was ready to get it. And she was straight up on his lap. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, what yeah. the, the purpose of that scene was. Other than for some actor to get Sarah Jessica Parker to sit on his lap. Yeah. So Winnie protests like... We desire children. He says, well, it's going to take me a couple of tries. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't know the literal significance of that, but I knew that it involved, like, a man helping. That's mm -hmm. all I knew when I was younger. But Some kind of man just like, oh, sure, it'll just take me a few tries. He had a lot of balls to just say that to yeah. her, too. Like, he did not care of the repercussions at all. But, um... They're driving, and then what? Do we cut to the kids? The kids end up like out well, of the, the sewer, kids right? Are, yeah, trying to find their way out the sewer, and you know, Binks gets out, and Max sees the bus coming, and he kind of tries to warn Binks. He's like, "Ah, oh, let me see what happens." <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the cat gets run over. But then we get an example that Binks cannot die because he resurrects himself, 
And, well, and I love that he gets run over specifically by Sarah driving the bus. <laughs> what? Speed bump! Speed bump! Honk honk! So exciting! I love it. Hey, Buttercup! Anybody ever tell you you're very easy on the eyes? <laughs> she shakes her head. Yeah. 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 All the time. So um, he gets resurrected, and he's like, "Danny, are you okay? Because I know you're like in love with me. So yeah, just making sure you're cool." And then Mary's like, "Stop." She smells children. I smell children. Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> so they get off the bus and they see all of these hot goblins and ghouls and stuff. And they're freaking out until an angel comes around and blesses them. And Sarah almost has a freaking heart attack. That <laughs> 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 was so funny. Dude, did you notice Mrs. Potts? Yes. I did. never oh, noticed until really? last week. I was like, yeah, uh, I always noticed the the little kid but I was like what the fuck are they wearing and then I think it was Brandy she's like oh look at Mrs. Potts and I was like that is Mrs. Potts yeah this was the perfect time to throw in anything Disney really and yeah it was right before the angel came Potts passed her and um, then they kind of pay tribute to their mom and then we find out that uh, Gary Marshall is playing the devil in his home and they think it's the actual Lucifer so they worship him they go to bow and he recognizes them immediately because of their look and invites them into their home and (laughs) so one thing Rob and I learned on a panel for Hocus Pocus was speaking of weird sibling love yeah Gary Marshall actually was the one who came up with the idea to bring her in as his wife so he is responsible for that whole scene happening. Yeah, they could have played roommates, sis, brother and sister, literally. But no, he was like, no, we should play husband and wife in this scene. Yep. I mean, you know, there's a lot of like incestual themes. It's fine. <laughs> when I was in high school, I played the dentist and my sister played Audrey in Little Shop Fours. There was nothing romantic. It's totally fine. Oh, my. Totally I just beat the shit out of her. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so then we cut to this whole cop scene, whatever that again has Don't nothing to do with the movie. Skip over the best line in the movie. What what line? He has a little woman. <laughs> oh, was that before? Okay. Sounds tasty. Oh. Yes, sound. <laughs> I thought that was after they met with the cop. No, it's yeah, like I think now. Because I think they go into the house, oh. it cuts to the cop, and then it cuts back to the remember. house. I don't remember. Yeah, okay. Well, anyways, they go and talk with this cop who they try and get help from, and it doesn't work. They because thought they it was a real cop. Yeah, they <laughs> thought it was a prank, but Isn't at the same time... He yeah. was dressed as a cop and, you know, for Halloween or whatever. So and then that same cop um, is riding his motorcycle and runs over Billy, who's trying to get out of the sewer. Yep. And all of his uh, fingers, fingers come off. off. Yeah. It's a really so popular gross. street. Oh, yes, it <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, then we go to um, inside the house and, you know, they introduce Medusa. You see the strings here, the snakes <laughs> in her hair. Oh, uh, is that what that is? Yeah. yeah. Oh my, I could not. I've never not. I'm just like, oh, Penny Marshall's got some weird shit in her Well, hair. she was just wearing like some weird roller. Curlers. Curlers. Oh, yeah. Curlers for her yeah. Hair, but yeah, they okay. interpreted it as snakes or whatever. Okay. And so um, they it, they meet Penny Marshall and she's not into Halloween and, you know, she's like, I'm getting out of here. So the sisters wander around the house and they're just playing around 
while that's happening, the um, prologue to Hocus Pocus 2 is happening right outside their house oh, as these little girls who are dressed as the Sanderson sisters happen to stumble upon the brooms and they actually use them to fly off into this night sky. Who does that? I don't know. Oh my and God, who, I would have done that. But I'm saying, who just like picks shit up and steals? I mean, when you're like, a kid like, dressed cool as a room. witch so and you see a broom on Halloween? <laughs> But yeah, we uh, never know what happens to those kids, and I swear yeah. to you, that is just waiting for a plot sequence Wait, do, in the sequel. Do we see the brooms again in the movie? No, at all? Not, not at all. They're we gone. Don't. They're gone. Ooh. So um, they go back into the house, and they're begging for the book, but you know, um, the devil still doesn't really know <laughs> that they're actually the witches, and so he's just stringing them along. And then eventually get kicked out of the house. Well, okay. How Chase sad is that dog. part, though? The Penny Marshall goes upstairs, and they actually add the line where she comes back down to tell her husband, Hey, Ralph, I lost three pounds. <laughs> I lost five pounds going to the bathroom scale. She's so excited. And here he is. Like, I mean, this is there were some adult things happening in this movie. Yeah, she slips on that light. Sarah has her dress up. She's yeah. like lifted. She's trying to get it in. Before sunrise. She doesn't even care about the kids. She's just, she wants some D. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So she kicks them all out. And, you know, Mary's trying to turn her off with the TV remote. That doesn't work. Oh my God, I and then she was like, get your Clark Barks and get out of my house. <laughs> Shove it, Satan. She was like, make us. They call me master. <laughs> so Where do you see what I'm going to call you? So she chases, oh, so the dog chases them out of the house, and they notice that their broom is gone, and um, they attempt to eat the chocolate-covered finger by a man named Clark, but it turns out to be candy, and so Winnie is aware that this is not candy, I mean, this is not, you know, a finger, it's candy, and these are not hobgoblins, they're children, that's why she smells children all around. And she is aware, like, Halloween is now a mockery. All they do is just wear costumes and run amok. Amok, 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 amok. So then what happened? Oh, yes, we are at... Oh, can I just, to go yep. back, one of my favorite insults of the movie, and there's a lot of good ones, is when <laughs> Penny Marshall calls Sarah Jessica Parker tart face. <gasps> That's right. Definitely didn't know what a tart was at that time. <laughs> no, that was good. So uh, we get to the town hall. It's the big dance that the parents were going to, and we see a whole bunch of costumes all around. It's so theatric. There's a live band, and they're singing all these old-school Halloween tunes, and the kids are in. They sneak in, and they try and find their parents, who is Dadula. Dad Gula. Dad Gula. Such a dad joke. And yeah. what era of Madonna was that that the mom was 80s. playing? It's 80s? like yeah, the blonde ambition. She's got the combs. She's yeah. got the pony, the high pony. Mm-hmm. Now I have a question for you too. Three. There's three of us here. <laughs> There's four of us. Four. So what kind of polyamorous parents are at this <laughs> Not even together. Uh, seriously, they were like, baby, I'll see you at three. Right? They were mingling. Well, I mean, they're new in town. They just, you know, divide and conquer, apparently, is what they were doing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, they find the parents, and they're trying to tell them what's going on, and, you know, we need help. And, you know, um, Thor Birch basically 
recites the entire movie within five minutes or five seconds. And, well and she's so confused by her mom being Madonna. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. She's she has like no idea. not into it. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't it obvious? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so she tells the parents what's going on and she's like, okay, let's find your father. And How much candy have you had, honey? I have no deed. <laughs> Where is she from? She Where knows is the what, mom from? She knows what Odeed is. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, she does. She's ahead of I mean, time. they're from LA. So yeah. Right. Oh, the mom yeah. isn't though. I don't know where they picked her up. She's from the Midwest somewhere. <laughs> um, but the sisters come in and she's like, slither about, find them. And Mary's just kicking it with the music. She's loving it and she gets one in the gut. Winnie is very abusive in this movie. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. She yes. goes for the throat or the stomach. It's never anything else. And <laughs> and while they're all looking, she's looking at the band and was like, really, bitch? That, that's your voice? Like, yeah. I'm so, Bette fucking Midler. Right? <laughs> Basically, that's what it was. But um, the kids notice that the sisters are there looking for them. And um, we find Sarah. She's making out with some mummy. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> she's gotta get it and um he's already wrapped <laughs> oh. <laughs> good one good one I'll be here all night damn Max <laughs> <laughs> Max decides he's gonna take center stage get on and um tell the whole um party that your children are in danger now that's not something you lead with I mean, yes, you want to get everybody's attention, but that is the last thing you want to tell somebody right off the bat. And you remember that bad lesbian that pops up real quick, dressed as like Calamity Jane. What do you mean? (laughs) I was like, man, she's like, oh, she's about to beat your ass. She got a good two hundred bucks for that line. She made it. She was trying to get it. She was trying to get that Oscar. She Mm -hmm. was trying. That was the scene right there. (laughs) But um, he tells everybody that the sisters are here and point or. You know that they're alive, and I love the fact that Winnie's like trying to hide her face, like, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like oh, don't shit. let them. Hopefully, they don't notice me. But the spotlight goes right on him, and she's got her claws up. She's ready to pounce the minute everybody finds out about him. But she turns it into an introduction mm-hmm. to the next performance, and of course, in her contract, every movie Bette Midler's in, she's got to have a musical number, except for First Wives Club. Still bitter. <laughs> They gave it to uh, Diane Keaton. What's she kind of saying? Well, they had, you know, they sang at the end. So, yeah. yeah. So we get the infamous I Put a Spell on You, and she performs that. So, um, any of you familiar with Gypsy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Very. So apparently, when she goes, Hello, Salem, my name's Winifred. What's your. That is oh. a gypsy line. My name is Gypsy Rose Lee, and I'm here to enter something like that. Entertain yeah. you. So, oh, yeah. And there's like, hello, world. Here comes Mama. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Has she played Mama Rose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. So, I think <laughs> Gypsy came out the same year. If not, Her version of Gypsy? I think so. It was. I think it might have been a couple years after that. It was like a TV movie. Mm. I, they mentioned something about the fact that she was either filming it or that it came out, which is why she brought it up again uh. because of you know the timing or whatever. But um, what did everyone think of the infamous number <laughs> of them singing a song? They had no idea what the words were, but killed it. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. The way she uses that cape. 
Mm-hmm. It is amazing. The way she starts out in the audience, like skulking around and then just gets on stage and how they are her backup singers, the mm-hmm. two sisters. I love that. Yeah. And it's just like how in every shot of the three of them, there is always each of them is doing something. Usually two of them are interacting and the other one, usually Sarah Jessica Parker, is like doing her own weird thing. And it's just so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And Ben Miller's voice singing, I'll put a spell on you, like, and still being like in character. Cause there are some actors that, like, when they're in a musical, it's like, it's them singing, mm-hmm. you know? But she is like still so much being that rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. perfect. I love this scene so much. I can't tell you how many times I rewatched this dance number. If I don't know why that didn't tell me I was gay, I still didn't know. <laughs> I still had no idea, but I love this scene so much. I um, re- I remember the words to it and recited it every time I watched it. It was just a fun number to watch. I actually ripped it off the DVD and put it on my iPod. Yes, I still have an iPod. And I did the same thing. I play it randomly. I was yes, just I in do. the car the other day. Because we never got a soundtrack yeah. to this movie. I even love the instrumental stuff from this, and we never got a soundtrack. Still? Still. 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 And you know what else? James Horner did some of the music. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing, and I, I don't understand why we never got a... And I always thought that it was because I Put a Spell on You was the only song that was in the movie, so they just didn't have enough tracks. Come little children. But to warn a CD. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, but I mean, who knows why? But that was just my explanation because I didn't really think about the score um, as much when I hear, you know, music. I always think of songs with, you know, lyrics in them. So I didn't think about the score, but I would have loved a soundtrack to this. Mm-hmm. It would have been really good. Here's something that I thought was really funny because... The story was written by Mick Garris. For those who know, he's a famous horror director. And David Kirshner. And it was meant to be more of a scary film. So they basically passed the story over to Disney. And Disney basically took over, put Kenny Ortega on it, who's a much more lighter (laughs) person. And um, when Mick and David heard that there was a musical number, they shit themselves. They were like, you're going to put these kids in this scary situation, and then you're going to throw in a song. People aren't going to be scared anymore. It's going to take them out of the scare completely. So I just thought it was funny. But of course, they like the movie now for what it has become. But at the time, they were very upset. I mean, that's why the movie works, because it's like it goes back and forth between comedy and like some legit scary moments. And like... Putting a musical number in the middle of it makes sense in the way that it is. Um, yeah, I don't think the movie would have worked if it was just like straight up trying to be scary. I think maybe at the time it may have been, but I don't think it would have held up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pretty much always hate any movie that has like one or two musical numbers because it's awkward. Um, I need you, if you're going to have music, I need it to be throughout and helping the story. This is probably the only example where it works and I love it. It's, it's amazing. And I think it's a nice throwback to the original tradition of 
like Puritans, they didn't want women to sing because they might put a spell on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, having these witches sing and it's like the whole time, it's like they're casting this spell over the entire room. Um, I just love it. And everything that all of you have said, I mean, like just the entire performance of them singing and dancing and man, it just, it really did something to me. This is one of those movies. It's like, it, it, it shaped me into what I am now. And this musical number is a defining moment in my development. So thanks ladies. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd have to agree with you. I love the fact on how quick on their toes they were. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're surrounded by all of these witnesses. They all have caught on to what we were doing. What do we do? Let's cast a spell mm-hmm. on the whole room and do it in a musical style because mm-hmm. everybody's here already dancing. And the spell that was put on them is genius. Mm-hmm. Keep them all busy. They're hypnotized. They can't help anyone dance until you die. That is mm-hmm. so perfect. And all of this is happening while Billy is still trying to chase them <laughs> all oh, around. I wish we had a camera. I know. <laughs> His fucking parents. Love, yeah. And honestly, this shows how observant Winifred is like we were joking earlier me and Sean about like well how she knows shit just like it's a bunch of hocus pocus I don't know she can look into the past and see things (laughs) but she's like wandering around she's only had a few hours in this new present time but she's picking up on things she Mm -hmm. knows how things work so when she sees the guy on stage she's like paying attention to him she's she's learning so everything that she sees throughout the night she's applying she's not just like throwing shit out there yeah it's one of the reasons she's the ringleader mm-hmm. yeah like the other two like they're not the fuck paying attention at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so this is going to be the cutoff for hocus pocus part one uh i want to thank james and nate for joining us today on uh recapping hocus pocus i'm sorry you guys don't get to do the second half but we have three other special guests joining us on tomorrow's episode, so keep a lookout for that. So uh, join us tomorrow, Halloween night. You guys will mostly be out partying, but when you get a chance, we will be here waiting for you to keep you company while you rest and eat all of your candy. Uh, this is Movie Geek and Proud. Say goodbye, Sean. Goodbye, Sean. Have all the curse, cause of all the witches working. <laughs>